Piecing together the SolarWinds breach puzzle, is this just the tip of the iceberg? And how do we tackle supply chain vulnerabilities? These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hi, I'm Anna Delaney. No doubt by now you've heard and read about the SolarWinds supply chain attack, which really is keeping the security experts up at night. We thought we'd dedicate all of our security report segments to the story this week, considering the enormity of this situation. Check out the ISMG sites for the latest updates and analysis as more info emerges. But first off, what's it all about? ISMG's Executive Editor of Data Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz, sums up what we know so far. Despite spending tens of billions of dollars on cyber defense, the U.S. government appears to have suffered one of the most devastating espionage attacks in history, the full scope of which remains, as yet, unknown. The roster of victims is also incomplete, but already features a growing number of notable organizations, including cybersecurity firm FireEye. Government officials say the Commerce, Homeland Security, State and Treasury Departments, as well as parts of the Pentagon are among the government agencies affected. And security researchers say technology giants Cisco and Intel, among others, were also hit. All have been victims of an effort that targeted Orion network monitoring software built by SolarWinds, a Texas-based technology firm that until recently had a valuation of about $1 billion. While SolarWinds may be relatively unknown, the company counts 300,000 customers, of which nearly 18,000 may have been caught up in a supply chain attack, which involved attackers adding a backdoor to the company's Orion software, apparently after they infiltrated its software development pipeline. Multiple versions of this trojanized software were released from March through May, and many organizations appear to still be using it. After customers install the software update that has the malware added to it, the malware phones home to a command and control server run by attackers. At that point, attackers can push further malware onto the endpoint, which can help them infiltrate the environment, steal data, and potentially build in more backdoors for persistent ongoing remote access. FireEye first revealed this supply chain attack campaign on Sunday, about five days after reporting that it had suffered a hack attack. Subsequently, it discovered that it had been breached as part of a far bigger hacking operation, which may include targets that range far beyond the United States. While no government has yet attributed the attacks, suspicion has fallen on Russia's Foreign Intelligence Service, the SVR which was previously tied to the hack of the Democratic National Committee back in 2015. The Russian government denies any involvement. Efforts are underway to investigate the campaign now and identify further victims, with the FBI leading such efforts in the U.S., together with the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, which on Sunday instructed all federal civilian agencies to immediately disconnect or power down Orion. For any organization that uses Orion, or which does business with any organization that uses Orion, there are now numerous risks to beware. Here's Tom Kellerman, head of cybersecurity strategy for VMware. Frankly, the reality here is that they could very well be dealing with an intrusion as we speak. 
And, you know, CISA has gone so far as to say disconnect from Orion. I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with that, but I would say that any connective tissue that exists between your organization and that Orion platform must be monitored heavily and all credentials associated with that and users associated with that access, uh, threat hunting must be an imperative to be conducted immediately. Unfortunately, attackers may have already been inside some systems for up to nine months. They may have already installed second stage malware, stolen extensive quantities of data, and deployed other mechanisms for quietly maintaining persistent access. So far, we may only be seeing a small part of a much bigger and uglier picture. This looks like part, and I say part, of an overall campaign uh, from a nation state actor group. It appears to be coming from Russia. I will tell you that in my experience, the Russian hackers are top-notch and they're extremely clever. That's retired Brigadier General Gregory Tuhill, president of AppGate Federal. He previously served as the first ever federal chief information security officer for the United States. So I think we're only seeing uh, what's above the waterline on the iceberg. I think there's a whole lot more going on. And uh, frankly, across the country and uh, frankly, across the world, the call amongst the cyber community is shields up. We need to be looking for further activity, not only in our IT, but operational technology, industrial control systems, and, and arguably in the code that is running a lot of our Internet of Things devices as well. Threat hunting teams are now at work inside numerous organizations, but the scale of the problem seems nearly insurmountable, at least in the short term. Namely, if there are up to 18,000 victims, there are nowhere near that many incident response teams available to immediately assist them all. Security experts may be dealing with the fallout of this supply chain attack for years to come. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. So could the SolarWinds attack just be the tip of the iceberg? So says Philip Reitinger, president and CEO of the Global Cyber Alliance, who predicts we'll be seeing more government and business entities discovering they too have been compromised. And so what should these organizations be doing and how should they be responding? Well, Reitinger, who was at the helm of organizations such as Sony after a major breach, spoke with Tom Field, ISMG's Senior Vice President of Editorial, and shared some lessons learned based on his experience for those who are responding to this breach now. What is really important now is stopping, you know, sort of containing what's already happened and enabling everyone else to sort of limit the damage. So the more that can be shared, the better about um, tactics, techniques, and procedures, signatures, or other things to look for. I think that's all very valuable. So I, you know, I, I would urge any affected entity, especially including the government agencies involved, to both move quickly, as DHS has done in issuing an emergency directive to turn off solar winds, but take all of the other actions that one would think of. For example, you know, if passwords have been compromised or tokens have been issued, to make sure you're immediately moving to cut those out so they can no longer be used and share data. I'd also say 
even without knowing about the solar winds relationship when um, the FireEye incident was announced last week. FireEye has clearly done a spectacular job of transparency in providing data to the community, something that can be very difficult when a highly sophisticated company, a vendor or security vendor like FireEye has, has an issue, but they've leaned forward, they've shared data, and that's, I think, helping everyone in the community. And finally, while the breadth of the damage caused by the SolarWinds hacking campaign is still being unraveled, it does bring up the wider and important issue of supply chain security. Tom Field, ISMG's Senior Vice President of Editorial, spoke with Sam Curry, CSO for Cyber Reason, on this very topic. Do listen to the full interview on our sites, as Curry imparts much wisdom when it comes to breach response, having led the RSA cyber attack response almost 10 years ago to the day. So in the wake of the SolarWinds attack, how do we tackle supply chain vulnerabilities going forward? Here's Curry's response. Well, there's an awful lot to unpack there, Tom. Um, look, look uh, over time, uh, let's take the word globalization. It's not just referring to the globe. It's referring to the number of hops between any, to any players and that that number is shrinking. We also tend to stop vertically integrating and we start to become highly niche oriented in older economies and in older industries. So what happens is you get this progressive um, lack of control over the stack as a security professional. You have to trust others. And every one of those scenes creates obfuscation and difficulty to manage and to understand what's really happening and to get telemetry. And so I think going forward, the challenge is gonna be, how do we get the security right in a way where all the pieces link up so we get some immediate benefits by going to the cloud, for instance, or going to SaaS providers in that there's lack of lateral movement, right? I think identity is becoming the big plane to some extent. The workloads themselves, the endpoints are changing into new forms and those that's still the interesting targets. So what we've got to do is we've got to find a way to go pan uh, environment. If the enterprise is separating from the physical infrastructure so that it effectively the pieces are interchangeable, then the solutions we use have to be able to focus on that, whether it's the identity plane, the workloads, whatever the new de facto endpoints are, everything from IoT to the cloud. So I think that's where the X and XDR comes in. Um, I, I think this it's not just anything detection and response. It's also a different kind of analysis, a different kind of prevention, a different kind of remediation. And effectively, we're trying to model what the new enterprise is going to be. So by all means, embrace these new technologies. They're efficient. They save money. They enable us to be more flexible, but at the same time, don't just assume because you've got an immediate boost in security that the bad guys, when they turn their attentions because they, they develop awfully quickly, they won't find ways of exploiting this because they will. And so we need new solutions. And I think we, that's what the security industry has to produce in the short term. Short, uh, I'm not talking three years from now, I'm talking 2021. That's it from ISMG Security Report. The music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time.